0: Sunday of 2018 we never thought we'd get here but here we are relatively in one piece we all have our limbs we all are relatively sane um it's incredible it's been such a crazy year right who has taken a moment this past week to kind of take inventory of this past year Is anybody okay nice the rest of you guys you guys got two days two days a day and a half left uh for you to do that but it's been one heck of a year and i think this time last year we just had no idea what we were about to embark into uh but throughout all the crazy things that have happened we have like there there is no denying that god's grace is real like really real the fact that we're here right now that's all god's grace The fact that we have people coming out, that's God's grace. The fact that we have this building to meet in, that's God's grace. The fact that we have merged all of our campus together and we are starting to form family, that's God's grace. There's so many things that if God hadn't intervened, uh, we wouldn't be where we're at. So, yes, it's been a year of a lot of different things that we never expected. And yet God's grace and mercy has been more real than ever before. I don't know if that's been your experience of this last year but for myself personally I know that for sure like for sure God has been really good to us this year and um, I've been talking to a lot of people especially this past week about kind of how they feel about 2018 how it's been for them and I think there's pretty much a consensus it has been a really tough year of challenges and challenges are coming from every direction possible even things that were coasting for the last few years, all of a sudden, they're, they're getting rocked a bit. Or things that you thought were, like, stable, all of a sudden, like, something explodes within, you know, an area of your life. Or something that you thought that you had overcome in the last few years and you haven't wrestled with, all of a sudden that begins to surface once again. And this has been the experience for a lot of people that I've been talking to. And this is my guess. My guess is that God's behind it. All. It's too much of a coincidence for everybody to be going through something. And it's not just our church. It's so many different churches all across the globe that are encountering a season like never before, where things are being shaken, but the things that do remain are more firm than ever before. And um, yeah, I just want to encourage you with that. It's not just you. It's not just even this church, but God is doing something much bigger and much more permanent than we give him credit for at times. Um, So last week was Christmas Sunday and I talked about you know the impact the impact of the fact that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and how it wasn't just the fulfillment of a promise in a void but how everything in history had been building up to the coming of Jesus Christ and how with his coming it was more than just you know, a little baby being born in Bethlehem, but it was the culmination of prophecies from hundreds of years being accomplished through one man, the man Jesus Christ, the word of God become flesh. And God is Emmanuel. He is God with us, and that is his name. He cannot be untrue to his name. He cannot forsake his name, meaning he he can't be a God who leaves us or forsakes us because that would be contrary to his name. God Emmanuel. So he is the fulfillment of the most wonderful of promises. And as I was reflecting on what would be a good note to end in for this year, I couldn't help but gravitate towards a passage that many of you might have read before, might have heard before, and it's in Romans 8. Romans 8, towards the very end. And this is the passage that reads Oh, yeah, sure. You can take out your Bibles, your phones. Romans 8 starting from verse 28, so 828. And reading this passage in in the context against the backdrop of this year, more than ever before, I feel like I'm starting to understand what it means. I'm just starting to understand what Paul might have meant when he wrote this. And it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Jesus Christ, who died more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So let's take a moment just to pray before we go into the word. Father, we ask that your word that is living and active would pierce our hearts God, would you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a tender heart to receive your word? We know, God, that the power to be transformed, the power to be renewed and washed, isn't just through the words of a man or a woman, but it is the words of God, the words that come from your mouth. And so we ask, God, that we would make ourselves vulnerable as we submit ourselves to the truth of your word. And let your word encourage us. Let your word strengthen us. Let your word realign us to where we need to be. May we be confronted by the truth of your word. And may that change us. May that draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today's word is also God with us, part two. This time from Romans 8. So as I was saying in the very beginning, I have very mixed emotions about this year. I really can't say that it was an easy year. But then at the same time, I can't say that it was a bad year either. So I would say that it was a hard year. But then at the same time, it was good somehow. Like, Like hard doesn't mean bad. If there's ever been a year where we like, oh, yeah. You know, like if we really believe that is it, the fact that it was hard or challenging doesn't necessarily mean that it was a bad year in many ways, because it was hard, it was actually a good year where we have been challenged like never before. I don't know about you guys. I've grown so much. I don't, I don't know if you can tell, but I, I've grown. It kind of sounds really like I've grown so much. This so I'm so mature. Uh, uh, I've grown a lot. I've been challenged like never before. And it is such a good thing. I feel like if it had been an easy year, maybe I would have plateaued. Maybe I would have had breakthroughs here and there. Maybe it would have been a pleasant year, but I don't know about like a good year where God did something in me. He forged something in me that wasn't there before where God honed in on something that needed to be worked on perhaps something that I'm going to need for the next leg of the journey. And so in this way, I can say, yeah, it was a hard year for sure. You cannot overlook the fact that, that, that it wasn't easy. You cannot be like, oh, but, but God is good anyway. No, no, you can actually say it was a hard year, but it was a good year. But God was good like never before. But his mercy carried me through. But his grace was there for me every single day. We can say that about this year. And that's, I don't know if it is for you, but that's how I would describe this past year. So the categories of hard and good are not mutually exclusive. If anything, I feel like this year we've seen a huge overlap between those two things. So it depends actually on the metrics. What is it that you are measuring or evaluating this year according to? So if it was regarding comfort, then it was a sucky year, right? If it was regarding like how I was doing financially, maybe it was a hard year. Maybe it was a tough year. If it was regarding um, stability, predictability, your ability to control and handle situations, your your feeling of being like prepared for whatever's up ahead, if you're measuring by those things, and maybe it wasn't a good year, but if what you're measuring by is perhaps something different that perhaps God had in mind, then it was by all means a very, very fruitful, very successful year. So, we're going to walk through this passage one more time and we're going to just take breaks here and there and we're going to talk about how god has been with us throughout this past year how god has been god emmanuel to us this year so we go back into romans eight twenty eight, and it says and we know that in all things in all things doesn't mean just the good doesn't mean just the easy, doesn't mean just the prayer requests that were answered, doesn't mean the things that you were hoping would happen. It's in all things. This means even the things that were done to intentionally harm you are encompassed in the word all. Even the things that you thought could destroy you are part of that all. When the Bible says all, it means all. All. You don't get to pick and choose, but God says all things work for the good of those who love him so you have to when you are taking inventory of this year even the things that were tough even the things that were hard for you you have to look at it in the eye and say i don't really understand how but this is one of those things that god must have used for the good of me for i am loved by god you it means that you need to begin to see how this past year has been through different eyes because all things work for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose so can you look at your neighbor and just say you have been called wow you sound so unconvinced you have been called (laughs) your tone is like, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've been called, (laughs) but you've been called. And it's not just, it's not just any call. You've been called according to a very specific purpose. So God had something very specific in mind for you when he called you. And this is what it says. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. This is God's new year's resolution for you 2018 and this is probably his new year's resolution for you 2019 this is god's purpose and goal for you this is what he has called you into not that things will work out your way although it's always nice when that happens but his calling over you is that by the time this is over you're going to look like his son You're going to look like Jesus Christ. That is God's promise. That is God's guarantee. And that is what he has predestined you to be. To be conformed to the likeness of his son. That in our wisdom, we become more like Christ. In our priorities, we become more like Christ. In our steadfastness, in our love, in our sacrifice, in our resilience, we become more like Christ. In our long suffering, we become more like Christ. And our hope will become more like Christ. In our reliance to God the Father, we will look more like Christ. That is what God has predestined us to be conformed to, to Jesus Christ. I am predestined to be like Christ. I'm called to be like Christ, and I've been justified to be like Christ. And one day I'll be glorified just like Christ. So this last year was a bit confusing for you. And you're wondering, what in the world is going on in my life? What in the world is going on in my workplace? What in the world is going on in my family? What's going on in my finances? What's going on in my plans, my 10-year plan? This is hopefully something that will clarify things a little bit for you. God is making you more like Christ. That was his goal. And hopefully in light of this, you get a little bit more clarity about what this past year was about. As unexpected as it was, as unplanned and as unpredictable as it was, the one thing that is sure is that God has predestined you to become more like him. And this year is one of those all things that is working for your good to become more like Christ. It continues on to say, what then shall we say in response to this? So there's a response that needs to come as Uh, a reaction to this truth what is our response and this is our response if god is for us who can be against us even though things are not going your way even though you're in a very uncomfortable position right now even though you don't know if things will pan out in the end when you know that God is with you, he's also for you, he is working all things, even the evil things, even the things that were out of your control, even the things that someone did to you, even those things are working for your good. It's like, how do I explain it? Imagine you're in a tennis match, right? And you're you know, hitting the ball over to the other side. And every time someone is hitting the ball at you, against you god is actually turning that and using it as a point from your side to the other does that make sense so it means that the balls are only going in one direction no right i obviously don't play tennis right okay anyway i don't play tennis i thought it visually it made sense but it's like you're acing it every time you're the ball is only going in one direction you're only only one side is accruing points does it make sense yeah okay okay kind of all right i need to play tennis i'm sorry. It means that even the things that were working against you are a point in your favor. As if you had served that ball, it is ace, is that the term? An ace, yeah? Eh, A home run, a touchdown, okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even those things, even those things are working for you. They are giving you points and you are on the winning side because God is for us. Even the things that were against you, they don't matter anymore. Yes, they hurt. Yes, they affect you. Yes, you need to process through them and grieve over them and work through them. Yes. But in the end, if God is for us, all those things are working for you. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. It doesn't matter if you can see it right now. This is what the truth of God says. This is what the word of God says. So at this point, many people will ask, wait a minute. This is all good, but how do I know he's for me? How, how, wh- what is the guarantee? I can't base this on a feeling. I can't base this on an emotion. I can't fi- base this on how my year went and how many prayers got answered. I can't base this on whether I have a warm, fuzzy feeling. Uh, I can't base this on how rigorously I came out to church or how well I did in my spiritual disciplines or how much of the Bible I read or how much I measured up in my mental ranking of what a good Christian is is, it has to be based on truth. And this is what it continues on to say. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? It means God the Father gave us what was most precious to him. He already displayed the fact that he's for you. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given his son to you. He gave what was most important to him, what was closest to his heart to us. And from that, we know if he's able to give us the big things, the small things are nothing to him. The small things, it's like, it's like chump change, you know? It's like nothing. He gave you his inheritance. He gave you the apple of his high. He He gave you everything that he treasured. He gave that to you and how will he not also give you the small things how will he not also show his faithfulness in even smaller ways so at this point again there's resistance in our flesh and we say okay okay he could give me these things but what if he doesn't want to that is you know a loophole right he could give me these things in theory but i don't know if he wants to Maybe he just wants to do it to certain people. Maybe he just wants to do that for people who have been good this year. But you don't know what I've done. You don't know what this past year was about. You don't know what I wrestled with this past year. So this might be something that you're wrestling with, but you don't know what I've done. Maybe this works for someone else. I don't know about me. Maybe he's good, but I don't know if he's good to me. Right? And then the verse continues on to say, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has? has chosen. It is God who justifies. It means it is God who makes you right before God. It is God who decides who gets to stand, be in a right standing before him. That is God's job. He justifies, not your feelings, not your performance, not how this past year was. It is God who justifies. And if you're wondering who would be willing to stand for me, romans 8 continues on to say who is he that condemns when christ jesus who died more than that who was raised to life he is the one who is at the right hand of god and is also interceding for us this means you this year with all the struggles with all the things that you're working through you have a resurrected savior who is at the right hand of God the Father interceding for you, standing in the gap on your behalf, rooting for you, praying for you, laying claim over your weaknesses that you would partake in his strength. That is who stands at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. You have someone who's interceding for you. And again, at this point you might say, that's all good and dandy, but what if I feel disconnected from the love of God? What if I don't feel him right now? What if I don't see manifesting in my surroundings, in my situations, in my workplace, in my home? What I've been through, my emotional state, my circumstances around me, my lack of clarity, all these things that can make me feel disconnected from the love of God. The Bible, thank the Lord, says there is a truth that is stronger than what we feel a truth that transcends our emotions and our temporary circumstances. As permanent as things feel, at the most, it's going to be a situation that's going to last for 80 years from here on out. For some of you guys, less. For some of you guys, more. But at the most, it's going to be like about 80 years. That is temporary in light of the future glory that awaits us. 80 years is nothing. So even if it is something that you're going to wrestle with for for the rest of your life, it is still a temporary matter. It is a temporary circumstance. Whatever it is that makes you feel distant from God, Paul continues to write. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or being broke, or having bad relationships with my family, or not knowing where I'm going to go next year, not knowing what my career is about, not knowing if I'll get married, not knowing if I like the person I married, not knowing all these things. What can separate us from the love of Christ? That means that when you face unexpected changes, when relationships you relied on, they fail you, when you feel betrayed by circumstances changing up on you, even then the love of Christ holds you. It means that when you've reached the end of your rope and when you experience something you never thought you would go through, when you have to deal with sickness or financial strain or mental breakdown or a spiral and you hit rock bottom, even then the love of Christ holds you. When you face discrimination, For your faith, when you're slandered or harassed for standing for the name of Jesus, even then the love of Christ holds you. When you and your family go through a season of profound lack, when you cannot get even your basic needs met, even then the love of Christ holds you. When you've been stripped of all you own, all you have, all you've accrued, all you treasure, even then the love of Christ holds you. When your life is put in harm's way and when you and your family's well-being is at stake, even then the love of Christ is powerful enough to hold you. Or even when your life is at risk, when you could lose your life at any moment, when you're surrounded and you're at the mercy of your enemies, even then the love of Christ holds you. This is true of believers here. This is true of believers In America, this is true of believers in North Korea. This is true of believers in the Middle East. Even then, the love of Christ is powerful enough to hold you. And then Paul reminds us of Psalm 44, verse 22, where the people of God are not just marked by unthinkable favor, but also, also in tandem with unthinkable favor. It's also with unprecedented opposition. It says, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Even then, God's love will hold you. There's nothing that you can do to break that. There's nothing that your enemy can do to break that. There's nothing that circumstances around you or people around you, it doesn't matter. Nothing can break that hold of God's love over those he claims are his. And so ultimately, a lot of different questions that we have, perhaps kind of subconsciously, we tend to wrestle with here and there, especially when things get hard, all of them have been addressed, almost all. This might be the last thing that could be on your mind, is will I be okay? Even if nothing changes, will I make it through? Or is this the end? Is this how things are always going to be? And to that, Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all, once again, not, this is a very important distinction to make. It's in all, not despite all. It is in all, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who who loved us it's very important to understand this distinction because you know that you cannot be a conqueror if there's nothing to conquer right you cannot be a victor if there's nothing that you need victory over the in fact the greater the opposition the greater the victory this is true of sports this is true of i don't know i don't know what else sports (laughs) all the sports you can think of tennis and (laughs) yeah (laughs) we gotta stop the tennis thing (laughs) so this is true in sports in life and this is true of the kingdom of god as well the greater the opposition the greater the victory in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us So if this year was about battling circumstances that were more difficult than ever before, it means that you have a victory that is greater than ever before. If this year was about warring through inner turmoil like never before, then the greater the confidence required and the stronger the peace attained as a conqueror. If this year was about staying in the place of thanksgiving and praise, through these circumstances and these circumstances, then the greater and the more precious and the more hard fought the worship that you gave God was. I can't imagine what it feels like to God right now. If at the end of this year, after everything that you have been through, after everything that your family has been through, if at the end of this year, with honesty of heart, you can look to God and tell him, man, it was a hard year, but man, you've been so good. Man, I never thought you could come through for me in this way. Man, I never thought that your mercy could extend to to the reaches that I went to this year. I never thought I could be so satisfied in you when all I have is you. I never thought I could come to this place. How amazing and how, how much delight must the Father get from worship like that? Not worship that is just given in an offhanded way when things are great and everything's going your way. But when it was hard to stay in the place of thanksgiving, when everything around you said otherwise, when every circumstance around you said otherwise, you're able to still fix your eyes on God and tell him you're enough. You're still good. I know that all these things are working for my good. And I am more than a conqueror. And so finally, as the final declaration that will quench all of those fears that rise up When you go through hardships, it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, this includes that which is kind of big picture, lifelong, and eternal that which is spiritual and unseen, that which is temporal, whether it's behind you or ahead of you, that which has authority and sway and strength over your life, the grandest of happy circumstances or the lowest of depressions, or anything else you could come up with. This is a catch-all category. This is Paul cheating a little bit. Catch-all category. Like, throw at me whatever you want, Anything else in all creation, the only thing that is actually excluded from this catch-all category is God himself, right? He's the only uncreated person, right? Being. So everything else other than God, anything else can do whatever it wants, can try as hard as it might, but it cannot separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Period. Amen. Finito. Done. Discussion. Over. That is it. It is finished. This is to say that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is Christ Jesus, our Lord, right? This is, that was a long-winded way of saying this. Nothing, <laughs> right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Not unexpected sickness, not natural disasters, not financial strain, existential angst, your family falling apart, your friends moving away, betrayal from those you trusted, weariness, burden, hopelessness, anger, grief, dealing with motherhood for first time, dealing with the death of a loved one for first time, dealing with loneliness like never before dealing with uncertainty and anxiety over your future like never before, the Bible says nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Because when Jesus hung on the cross for your sins and for mine, he said, it is finished. It is a done deal. There is no circumstance in life, no power in the world, no demon from hell that could undo what was accomplished through Christ on the cross. There's no reversing what Christ did on the cross. His death seals your forgiveness. His resurrection foreshadows your new life. And his spirit residing in you, even right now, guarantees that when all is said and done, you will look more like Christ.